Hello, I'm M. And I'm Eyes. And welcome to our brand new podcast, Tipples and Tolkien. Let us be your guides as we return to Middle Earth this fall with the premiere of the new Amazon show, Rings of Power. We'll discuss episodes with you, tell tales of old, and even bring you a brand new tipple recipe every week to enjoy. You can find us on all major podcast platforms, as well as Twitter, which is at Tipples Tolkien, that is T-I-P-P-L-E-S t-o-l-k-i-e-n and instagram at tipples and tolkien so cozy up pour yourself a drink and come on a journey with us this fall on tipples and tolkien previously on second edition one i don't know where i am or i mean who i am i would like to say that i'm surprised but i feel like that's just kind of normal The Cylons were created by man. They rebelled. They evolved. They look and feel human. Some are programmed to think they are human. Many copies. And they have a plan. Action stations, action stations. Set condition one throughout the podcast. Welcome again to Set Condition One, a night shift radio original. I'm your host and SC1 actual Admiral Caleb. Hey. And joining Whoa, me on not the CSC Spoilers is the XO Kitsy. You Andrea has to promote you to Admiral first. And the president of the 12 colonies the and the podcast, the Andrea. <laughs> That's me. You're the admiral now. That's what she says. <laughs> okay, now you two have to kiss. When um, there's no danger of killing somebody, then I might consider kissing a human being ever again. Though probably not. You know, like COVID. I know what you mean. And I'm not offended. Thank you for understanding. <laughs> so Battlestar Galactica, huh? We did they, another episode this week. Yeah, yeah. Welcome, listener. Uh, if you're joining listener us, listener singular. <laughs> welcome, singular. Welcome, Jeff. <laughs> well, no, sorry. Welcome, Jeff and Gabe. Boston Gabe and uh, and CJ Racked. <laughs> However you say oh, that. Okay, that you know you know who that my, is. Oh no, who? That's Casey. Oh, K- Casey oh, nice from Casey. What's up, Casey from the Superpod Hero Cast from the Superpod Hero Cast. The Pyramid Hero Cast. What's up, Casey from the Superpod Hero Cast? Uh, if you're not familiar with the Superpod Hero Cast, you should be. Uh, they're one of our Night Shift Radio shows, uh, which you can find out about over on nightshiftradio.com slash shows. Uh, all the great shows on the Night Shift Radio Media Network uh, currently, as well as we've got some great stuff upcoming. In fact, by the time this episode airs, several weeks from now, we're, we're being responsible internet citizens and recording well in advance. Uh, we may Yeah, have that's why a- we're doing it. Not because Andrea can't fucking wait to see <laughs> more episodes of the show. Listen. Uh, we may have some uh, some great new content for you, uh, so so keep an eye out for that. And of course, there's always the uh, the print edition of the Storyteller series, yeah. uh, where we uh, we have our great original fiction uh, from from uh, wonderful authors around the world. Uh, and with all of that self promotion said, previously on Battlestar Galactica. 
kind of feels we've done it this week, but I still had to do it anyway. Yep. So our uh, our ships are, are are battle stars. There's two of them now. Oh my god, I get so stoked. Like I know going into it that there's two, but I still get so stoked every time there's two, because one battle star is badass. Two is fucking badass. Yeah. Um, our our two battle stars are getting ready to. Uh, uh, to battle some stars. To battle some, mm-hmm. well, yeah, to battle some base stars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was right. Uh, you ever think about that? They're, they're battle stars and base stars? Because mm-hmm. I think originally they start out calling them base ships, but somewhere mm-hmm. within the first few episodes, they start calling them base stars, uh, which is appropriate because they look like stars. Uh, but also it feels like a fitting way for the, the Cylons to be like, well, we're not here for battle. These are our bases, but also stars. I don't That's know. Silence are highfalutin, high and high and mighty, hoity toity. I don't know. They really are. I hope we That's meet a Cylon like with a monocle at one point. <laughs> Listen here, human son. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never. <laughs> Scandalous. Um, when we left, the fleet was getting ready to uh, to take out a Cylon fleet consisting of two base stars and a resurrection ship. And a resurrection ship. Oh, that we learned is. Uh, it exists because the uh, the Cylons have realized that they're traveling a little bit too far from the Cylon homeworld, which we still don't know where that is. Maybe it's Earth. Maybe it's Cobalt. Sears. <gasps> Cobalt! Uh, it's, it's Sears. Sears. <laughs> uh, they're traveling a little bit too far from home for their download technology to work. And so uh, they they bring it with them. They got, they got just racks and racks and racks. Like, so what most people <laughs> think when they say, can you check in the back? Uh, when they're at a retail store, <laughs> Cylons have that. I don't like, even like, own a Cylon, <laughs> let alone many Cylons that would necessitate an entire wreck. I'm sorry. Can you check in the back to see if you have any more sixes? No, we keep everything out on the floor. But here's the so. thing is that like most, uh, well, let's say like mall retail specifically, because standalone and like big box and whatnot, like can have more storage space, but most small retail stores have a back room, a, a storage room uh, that's roughly the size of my desk. Yeah. And in that they have to fit both the bathroom and the manager's desk. <laughs> uh, and so when they say we keep it all out here, it's because there's no fucking room. Like, yeah. they, you know, you, you drop a, 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 a wrapper from your subway sandwich and you've taken up all the floor space. Uh, <laughs> That being said, the Apple Store, all the shit's in the back. Yeah, everything's back there. If you if you really want to do damage to an Apple Store, you go through the back, not through the window. Like when the people like fucking driving their cars through the window and stealing the like, just go go where the boxes are. Then you get the demo machines that people have touched. Yeah, fucking. If you're gonna do crime, do it right. Yeah. Um, Speaking of doing it right, the fleet's got a got a plan. They're they're doing Starbucks plan. And finally, uh, the fleet has their own plan, and it's not just the Cylons. Because yeah. <laughs> ah, the Cylons have a plan. Um, but that's not how this episode starts. That's how we left off. But uh, we start with uh, with Apollo just having himself a, a swim. Just like He's a little on vacation. Dream. He's... Oh, is that why you put your Hawaiian shirt on? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> very losty and open. Ning. Very losty in opening. I hope that when it's eventually safe 
for you to dig into and talk about the like true parallels between the two shows that someone specifically references this this scene uh, because the very little bit of loss that I've seen, I agree. Yeah, big time, right? <laughs> um, but one thing I'll have to say, like they there there are flashbacks that or uh, whatever that reference this scene a few times throughout the the episode, uh, and his hair keeps changing. And he keeps having or not having sunglasses, and it annoys the shit oh, out of me. I didn't even notice the sunglasses, but yeah. he has. This is a local joke. It's funny, but nobody else is gonna. He has what I call West Philly bangs in some of the scenes, which are the tiny little bangs that just graze <laughs> the top of your forehead. Well, because he has them. He's got the ski jump normally, yeah, exactly. and like sometimes his hair is perfectly jump. intact as he's floating there, and sometimes his hair got wet and mm-hmm. ski jump collapsed. Isn't it's that it's almost like job. It's almost like when they shoot TV shows, they they do multiple takes of scenes, and yeah. then they cut together the if best ones. Only there was somebody whose job it was to try to keep those scenes consistent, so that they don't have mistakes like this. almost like uh hmm. like a, a continuity uh. uh like someone to supervise the continuity. Yeah, like if a only. Script supervisor? No, no, no. No, that's no, not. that's not right. <laughs> oh my god. Like we should have I know it's not a big deal, but like hindsight is 2020. Wait. Um, but realistically, we should have brought Michael on just for this episode just to talk about that scene because he loves ranting about continuity. If Michael wants to come do a bonus um President Quinn's quarters or whatever it's gonna be called. Um, we should we should totally do a mini-sode with Michael talking about continuity errors. Yeah. Yeah. That would be fun. Michael. Michael. <laughs> Get him on the phone right now. <laughs> Hello. That's my that's, that's what fight sounds like, right? Hello. I, that actually was pretty good. <laughs> um, Hello but, and welcome to the Never Heard of a Podcast. <laughs> I'm your host, Michael Fight. <laughs> but uh Apollo's uh his his sun sunbathing float float trip revelry. Uh, is interrupted by uh, a Cylon Raider about to crash right into him. Uh, and then he wakes up, and he's in space. Oh, space. Floating. All alone. Is he this... What kind of body of water would you call that? Because I said jokingly he's floating in the stream, but that's not a stream. It's a wet one. It sh- a lagoon? Sh- the lagoon. Oh, wait. A pond? Let's go with lagoon, because they're headed to the Lagoon Nebula. Oh. So it's a lagoon. I thought yes. it was the cr- I thought it was the crab nebula the crab no. rangoon nebula the, no it was I, the, the I... lagoon nebula Hey should we talk about Battlestar Galactica <laughs> great idea. Yeah Lee in space Like pigs in space the old muppet yes. show Yes Yeah okay Can we have a I don't know what it would be but I want to do a podcast about the muppets I love do, them do, so do, much do, do, do. Let's talk about the Battlestar <laughs> Um yeah, so Lee's floating in a chair. He's been ejector seated. He looks real silly. He's like, like that. Mm-hmm. And his suit's like, Psss. Does the suit start making a hole in it yet at this point or no? I think that's later. I think uh, that's, that's later because uh, we realized that this happened 48 hours ago. Yeah. Mm. No. Yeah, 48 hours earlier. For no. Well, this this is happening now, and then we cut back to forty eight hours earlier to t- mm-hmm. tell us how we got there. What is time right. even? It's not it's real. A flat circle. Uh, but what we do see is that forty eight hours earlier, uh, Starbuck is filling Lee in on the mission that she was given by the commander, and you know she's she's not happy about it, but she understands the reasoning. Lee Lee doesn't take it very well. 
He he thinks it's pretty fracked up. And like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was gonna have something more um uh thoughtful to say when I opened my mouth, but I just like, no, no, of course we don't want Starbuck to have to kill another member of the military, but as Rosalind said, what other option do we have? I can't believe Lee's being such a baby about this. I mean, I can. Have you met yeah. Lee? <laughs> yeah, you know what? You're right. Lee, Lee is such a... He's complex and nuanced and one. All the characters are complex and nuanced, but Lee is such a, like, a hard character to pin down because sometimes he's, like, super tough guy and, like, Hard stance, like very black and white, but and then sometimes he's like, "Well, I don't know. It doesn't sound like the right answer." <laughs> uh, like one moment he's holding a gun to tie his head and like standing up for voters' rights, and the next he's like, "We can't kill the crazy lady who wants to kill the uh, uh, the, the the commander in all of us." I don't under. I really don't. When you put it, when you put it that way, I really. What is. Lee is, I mean, on, on the one hand, very certainly operating on his own sort of moral, ethical code, right? So for some things, Lee thinks it's worthwhile and other things aren't. And for some reason, killing this fucking tyrant is not within his, I don't know. Yeah, Lee's, Lee's moral code, is like, it suits him in the moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you even get... um. At one point, Starbuck even says, like, Lee, we kill people for a living. She's right. Which is not technically true. They kill Cylons for a living. Oh. Cylons are, whoa. Well, well. I would argue a Cylon is a people. Their, their role in the military superseded their knowledge of Cylons in a manner of personage. Mm-hmm. That's true. Was the military military, like, we have military and we don't, as far as we know, have Cylons. Like, what? Yeah, but the, the, the government all seems to be cooperative. Like, it's the colonial fleet. It's not the Caprica fleet, right? Yeah. Right. Like, I, I don't get the, the. It is. I don't get the impression that the colonies were ever at war. No, and I guess I, I don't get the impression that the colonies, that it's supposed to be a one-to-one for Earth so much as for, like, the United States, like, spread out. So in that way. Yeah, yeah, it's Unless probably more apt. We've got a civil war a brewing, which is possible. Uh, fun uh, we fact, got two and a half seasons to go, so anything right. could happen. That's true. Fun is this fact actually going to be a fun fact, or is it going to be a sad? Oh, um, we learn at some point. Uh, I think it's in the the Pegasus episode, but it, it could. Yeah, it's definitely not in this two parter because I just rewatched it as as did you. Um, Kane is from Toron, uh, yes. and as we talked way back early on. Uh, the Adama family is early on. Which Toron. planet is? Yeah, which planet is early on? God damn it! <laughs> you got me. God damn it! Uh, it hurts well. when Kitsy makes the same joke because that's how I know it's bad. <laughs> got them. Wow! You said last week we weren't friends. Are we friends this week? Pretend I hadn't just said that. So, Caleb, Caleb? you were saying <laughs> the Adama family is also from Toron. So there's a like you would think that if if there was a a deep. Uh, like colony uh, sense of loyalty in either of them that they would have bonded over that. Not from but the Ad- Adama Toros. grew up on Caprica though, so that's like, what it is. I, I think he 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 does he's he's lost touch with his uh, his Toron heritage. Uh, well, and I know that I haven't leaned as much 
you see what's happening over here? <laughs> I, I hope this is for some sort of reveal. Like, one way or another. reveal is about to be <laughs> Kitsy's body. I'm, I'm just, very confused about Wow, what's okay, all right. You can't turn on what you just did and then be <laughs> defended. I just, I, <laughs> I think it's... This I th- is what you were doing. You know, I just feel, uh, I just feel very attacked that you just said like my body is it was some kind of disgusting thing it wasn't your body i was responding to as disgusted it was the display in the middle of our podcast of you taking your clothes off so yeah, i'm just gonna weird. leave it at that no context for our listeners kitsy's got layers on it's okay everybody they're like an onion you know like shrek um hold on i want to talk astrology for just like half a second because okay. i know that we spent I think I set y'all up like that was going to be something I talk about a lot on this show. I just want to say that myself uh, um, is an Aquarius. Oh, so Caprica's like their moon sign. That's why. Okay. I got it. I'm okay now. I tend to not click with um, people from Toron. And so I was trying to figure out how I could love Adama so much, but it's because his moon colony is is caprica <laughs> yeah his his That's family all. is is from toron but he yeah. he definitely grew up on caprica and feel like probably relates more to caprica Which, than yeah. than to toron it's and lee even more so lee is very much a capricorn uh, yeah. which um, when are we ever going to meet we've got no aquarians really and no that you know of airlines are the other ones right yeah Air, Air. Aries is Erlon? Is that what it's called? Erlon, yeah. Who do we know from Erlon? I don't know if we do. They're the two I'm interested in, in hearing more about. But uh, our boys Hilo and uh, Tyrell are still in Pegasus Brig, mm-hmm. which is much, uh, I mean, a brig's a brig. It's not It's not nice, but much fancier than It's got cool uh, lights. It's got real Galaxy weird lights. lights. Oh, I wonder and you could see where they get their lights from. Yeah, it's got key card activated locks, like you know, with like everyone. voice, like identity confirmed. Mm-hmm. I was thinking today as I was rewatching this, like what a nightmare it would be to be Pegasus IT guy. Oh my god! Because not only do you have to keep that ship running, but like if something goes wrong, like it, a, in a normal company, an executive can be a, a, a monster to deal with if something goes <laughs> wrong. But when your executive is Kane, Kane. Oh my mm, god! Like if her Wi-Fi's down, can you imagine? No. No, thank you. Uh, but anyway, uh, a couple of uh, Pegasus crew members, uh, specifically Gage and Vareem, who I think might both be deckhands. I don't yeah, they, they look like it. Uh, and they're re- referred to at one point as knuckle draggers. Knuckle draggers. Uh, they come and gonna start taunting Hilo and Tyrell through the, through the glass. Uh, and I love Hilo's initial reaction. Uh, Looky here. Sunshine mm-hmm. boys are here. Uh, and Gage uh, starts giving him shit about, you know, the man you killed saved my life and the lives of 50 other men, miserable fracks. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, hey, you, you call me sir. That's so good. <laughs> I love watching these two who have been at odds lately, but join forces because fuck these guys. I love it so much. I, I get just full joy from the two of them in these scenes. I especially love like Tyrell mm-hmm. who gets up and he's like, "I'm sorry. I couldn't hear you. The the so glass and everything. Attitude. Why don't you come in here and we'll talk about it?" His face in that scene makes me so happy. Yeah, he's got such a he's just like, "Ah, it's like, so yeah. good." Like and and like uh-huh. I I I was curious about this at first cuz like, "Wait a minute. He's inviting first of all, there's four of them out there." 
two of whom are Marines with guns. Well, I mm-hmm. think he's not expecting them to gang up. He's like saying like. Well, but the but then I realized that like as far as he and Hilo know, they're sentenced to death. That's at true this too. point anyway. Yeah. So it's like, what have you got to lose? But he does turn that that bravado turns off very quickly when the two Marines with the guns come in. Cause he's like, Whoa, 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 guys. Yeah. Well, I think he thought they were going to have a fair, a fair fist <laughs> fair fight fight. Well, and I there's think... even a point where like they're, they're about to open the door and he looks chief like, are we really going to do this? And then like, Oh shit. Oh, whoa, guns. Yeah. <laughs> Reverse this scenario and have it set on the Galactica. And it's two Galactica crewmen and a, a couple of Marines that, that do this. Like, the door would open and the Galactica crewman would have come in and it would have been a rumble. Like it would have been like, exactly. It would have been a fair fight. Fucking like Starbuck and hot dog throwing down with these two fuckers (laughs) or something like that. Like it would have been a full on fisticuffs. The Marines would have stayed out of it. Exactly. Here on Pegasus, like Tyrell and and Hilo aren't expecting anything other than that. Uh, And as you said, in come the Marines with their guns trained. And I'm like, well, let's maybe (laughs) not do that. Yeah, <laughs> slow down here, buddy. Such uh, a good. I, which, I really uh, love the scene. Gage uh, promises to go slowly as he uh, wraps up a bar of soap in a towel and uh, explains how uh, the best way to uh, to really hurt someone without leaving a mark is to essentially beat the shit out of them in the stomach. Because as any good Chicago cop will tell you, a phone book doesn't leave a mark. <laughs> I just watched that. Yeah, like, you did. Like two nights ago. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, that whole is... bit is great. It's so good. Street isn't it? smarts. Did you side note? But our friends in Dikembe, um, uh, I think it was it was yeah. Our friends in Dikembe, Randy has the VHS. He was uh, tweeted like a bunch of VHS tapes that he had that he was trying to get rid of, and one of them just happened to be the Street Smarts VHS. Nice. That's all. Um, the the JJ yes. Bittenbinder Street Smarts. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, is that still for sale? I don't know that he was... I forget what he was trying to... I did ask about it at the time, but um, I don't think he's actually parting with that one. I don't blame him. I need him to make a copy of that I for know. me. Isn't that funny, though? It's on YouTube. Parts of it, anyway. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Anyway. So Gage takes a big swing at uh, Hilo's gut with the soap and the towel, and of course it hurts really bad. I mean, this, is, like, this isn't like... Irish Spring here. This is a block of soap. This uh, is a block of Capricorn fucking shit scrubber. It looks like the soap that um, Ren eats in Ren and Stimpy when he gets when they're in space and he gets the Gross. the I forget what they call it, but he eats anyway. That that looks fucking brutal in a way that I was not expecting. Like I said to Kitsy, I was like, "Can't you rupture something doing that?" Like, ooh, yeah, dude. You, you could also, depending on the last time they ate, you could literally beat the shit out of someone. <laughs> Sorry, I've been dying to make that joke. Uh, Material, you know, calls them cowards, and uh, Gage is like, oh, "Is that is that right? You know what? Maybe I won't go slow." Uh, and so they they, they swamp it up, and uh, Gage starts swinging the soap at uh, Tyrell, and uh, Vareem decides just to go fist to belly uh, on Hilo. Which, honestly, like you know, we've talked about Hilo, he's you know he's a little bit of a, a little bit of a himbo. Uh, he's in good shape. <laughs> He's in good. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't we don't see him full on naked like we do Apollo, but like I can imagine like pretty firm abs <laughs> and, uh, and like fists straight to that like that's like that's like punching a, a reason like maybe not a brick wall but like a, a firm plaster wall. Yeah, it's yeah. not gonna feel good. I don't think for anybody. Uh, when suddenly who should appear and call them atten- to attention? 
but our buddy Fisk. Fisk. The XO. And uh, I, I love this moment. Oh, so good. Uh, mm-hmm. Because he, he calls the, the two specialists out. And uh, yes, they are specialists. So they are deckhands. He calls them out and says, uh, those men wearing colonial uniforms? Yes, sir. Uh, Specialist Vareem, do you agree with Specialist Gage mm-hmm. that those are colonial officers? Yes, sir. And he starts to say, but they killed. He's like, shut your fracking mouth. Yes. Uh, he's like, I don't, I don't quite understand what I just saw because it looked mm-hmm. to me like uh, you two knuckle draggers were treating these men like Cylons, uh, which you know, we, we see that they make that distinct distinction. They don't even talk about like treating them like prisoners or like treating them yeah. uh, badly as prisoners, right? you know, literally treating them like Cylons. That's the only like black and white that these people have been mm-hmm. yep. trained to think, uh, you know, so, which of course can't be right because if, if, if that's the case, uh, then you could be charged with uh, striking a superior officer in a time of war. And if I recall correctly, that doesn't go over too well on this ship. Basically, like, Came. yeah, that's literally why these two guys are here sentenced mm-hmm. to death. So maybe you think about what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> and maybe uh, I don't see this happen ever again. Yeah. Fisk is way more like uh, Galactica cut from like Galactica cloth much yeah. more than Pegasus, I think. I think Absolutely. so, too. But it, it does kind of like it really it, it pulled a 180 with my emotions because at first he comes in and he saves, you know, Hilo and Chief. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? These are our people, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hell yeah, Fisk. And he turns around like, you can't rape a machine. I was like, God damn it, I Fisk. <laughs> I liked <laughs> you for 10 seconds. So he'll he'll come around a bit. Again, just like guessing on his, his relative age and his overall experience and his demeanor and how easily he gets along with Ty. Uh, I feel like this is another <laughs> like <laughs> another old soldier who has yeah, seen yeah. some shit, probably fought in the first war or at least witnessed it. He was at okay. least old enough to know what was going on in the first war and probably signed up the first chance he could and has served on battleships for decades. Uh, and like he knows you know the he knows military protocol he knows the ins and outs of running one of these ships he's serving under a young ambitious cruel admiral uh who like the only reason he's her exo is because he watched her shoot mm-hmm. the previous one and didn't want to die himself mm-hmm. uh he's he's a man who he knows how to stay alive uh, uh and okay but but I, I, but that's all that to say to make the point of like yeah, he he fits in with Galactica because he's a relic uh, mm-hmm. compared to all of these oh, hotshot yeah. young officers and like crew members and stuff like that on the Pegasus. He's a relic of what the military was uh, and not necessarily what it is under Admiral Kane. That's so interesting that you say that because you would think that the more black and white, like just to, you know... Um, the older generation, more generally, you don't tend to think of as being the ones more willing to see some gray area, right, in these. Although, actually, to speak to what I was saying last week, um, maybe it is that it is less Fisk, Adama, people like that seem much more interested in and concerned with things like, however they define it, but honor and... Decorum. Um, and to, exactly, yeah. Um, and maybe that is where the like old fashioned part comes in and keeps them from doing things like murdering each other and treating, um, 
Yeah, and being as cruel as somebody like Kane can be, who's much more concerned with her own power. But yeah, so we have a uh, another moment of, of bonding between Starbuck and Kane, uh, which I think is interesting. So, uh, Kane pours Starbuck a drink and asks, you know, do you drink? Which she knows that she does because they, they did this in the, the previous mm-hmm. episode too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Starbucks answer only to excess, sir, <laughs> is great. Uh, but of course, uh, Kane can't resist a jab at uh, Colonel Ty by uh, comparing Starbucks to him, uh, and they have a little little talk about Starbucks uh, adventures way, 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 way back in the beginning, where she pops him one for for mouthing <laughs> off, and uh, Kane respects that. He's like, she's like, you know, I've I've heard about him, and you know, he might need to get hit in the mouth a few more times. And Starbucks should say, that's only okay when I say it. Yeah. You mind your business. I kind of wanted her to, but she she doesn't. Um, And, you know, Kane makes some some comment about, you know, I understand that, you know, Adama's a good man. He's had to make some hard choices. And, you know, Lord knows I have too. And Starbucks sees her shot because, like, she's still, she's she's not comfortable with what Adama has tasked her with. She's Mm -hmm. not comfortable with the idea of having to, to kill this woman. Uh, even though she knows that, you know, Kane could be dangerous, she's she's coming around to respect her, um, which I and hate. so she she does her Starbucks thing where she just like knee jerk responds. Well, then maybe you can understand why he did what he thought was uh, <laughs> what he had to do uh, to get his men. And Kane basically gives her, uh, as Ellen put it, the pep talk that she needs to to do the deed. <laughs> yep, mm-hmm. I was. It, it was in that scene where I thought, because up until then I'd been like, Starbucks, it's not going to happen. Six is going to be the one to do it. I've been calling this for a couple of weeks now. But then I was like, but if they set it up so that Kane tells her to do it, Kane is like, when it comes time to shoot me, fucking shoot me and don't worry about it. Um, then I was like, oh, maybe Starbucks is is going to. But I'm hoping that this is a speech that Starbucks putting in her back pocket for something further down the line. I don't know what yet. So, a couple quick scenes that uh, don't have a ton of bearing on the the plot, but uh, I think are kind of interesting in the, the way that they they show these snippets of people's lives. Uh, Lee volunteers to go on a, a courier run uh, to get some signatures from uh, from his father, and while there, like you know, questions him, and he's like, you know, Kara told me about your plan, and like, do you really want to go through with this? And and Adama basically says, you know, the the president and I have talked this through. Oh, the president. No, so now you want to listen to her. He's yeah. Like, that, that's my thing. I listen to the president and do what she says. Not you. You don't do that. Uh, and Thomas that's like. That's right. Yeah, you do, Lee. Yeah. Turns out uh, she, she's, I love this line. She's made of sterner stuff than people give her credit for. Oh, and God. fucking right she is. Hell mm-hmm. yes, yeah, she is. Um, meanwhile, in the, uh, in the, the corridors of the Pegasus, um, Starbucks suited up and you see her like wrap up her, her sidearm into her uniform and like tuck it away for the mission. And she heads towards uh, her uh, Viper passes by Fisk with his Marines. And it's just a you know, good hunting captain. <laughs> you too, sir. And like, they're both just like so, so tense. Yeah. And then something yeah. like this carries on through the, the rest of the episode because they've both been tasked with a horrible mission uh and neither one knows it but they both end up <laughs> on opposite ships in like 
it's just as tense and sweaty and nervous as can be and like would be a dead giveaway in any situation like this. Mm -hmm. But somehow it's just completely ignored. What do you think? Because in my head, after I saw the scene with Fisk um, and Hilo and Tyrell, I was like, oh, there's no way. Fisk is not shooting Adama. He respects Adama. He knows about Adama. He does not. He's afraid of Kane, but there's no way he respects her. And he's going to be on Adama's ship. I was like, there's no way he's shooting Adama. I um, but what don't do we think he thinks? Does he think he is? I don't uh, think so, there's any scenario where Fisk pulls the trigger. Right. I think yeah, no, he, he gives he, the word to the Marines, the Marines do it. But yeah. do you think he would have done that even? I think he would have. Because hmm. if not, he would have got shot by Kane. Well, that's why I'm wondering. It, having the Marines there is the thing that makes it tricky because I just wonder if there's some way that he, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Do the Marines know? She tasks him with, oh, with right. handpicking loyal Marines, but do they tell them the plan? Or has she maybe pulled one of them aside and as a backup plan told him, if no. I give the order and he hesitates, you take him out too? I wouldn't be surprised. I, again, like he could, he could choose to disobey the order and like explain to Adama what the plan was and like be safe on the Galactica so long as you know, there's not a, a full-on like, takeover or like, a firefight. Right. Um, but if one of the Marines has been tipped off and knows that like the plan is to take this ship, then it's That's over for him. Great example of the difference in command there too, yeah. because Kane is covering her ass because she knows she doesn't have loyalty necessarily with her crew. She's got fear, so she needs mm -hmm. uh, Fisk and two Marines as opposed to Adama, who's like, I'm calling this like. Starbuck, the scrappy one yeah. who who she even say, he says, I need you to do something for me. And she says, anything for you, you know that. Yes. Which is just, oh. And he's God. like, well, don't don't agree too <laughs> quickly. You're path. not going to like this one. I don't like it either. But she means it. Um, I don't think there's a, a scenario in which the Marines don't know the plan because I, I feel like the plan has to be executed very quickly mm -hmm. for it to work. And so for her to give the command to Fisk, then Fisk be like, okay, hey, Marines, can you guys come in here? Can you just... For a second, just come here, little powwow. Guys, come over here just real quick. Just in here but in the CIC with me, please. Just real. Hey, hang on. I just got to talk to my Marines real quick. Just hold just on a second. One, just one. Just two seconds. Except I do think they've been trained to respond quickly or possibly die. So well, it's also possible that Fisk gives the command, shoots Adama, and all it takes is one word. They're, they're stationed throughout the ship, uh, ostensibly in case of a Cylon boarding party. Uh, and there's that exchange between uh, Ty and Fisk where Ty's like, you know, I'm sorry. Like, uh, just, you know, the, the Admiral didn't want our Marines under your command. That's why she sent me. And Ty's like, yeah, we and just, just make sure your people and my people know where they're supposed to be. We don't need colonials shooting each other. <clears throat> and of course, Fisk, you know, amen to that. Um, <laughs> so they're, they're spread out throughout the ship, but there's a, a group that's stationed directly outside the CIC. And that would be the, the group that makes the, the, the like executes the plan, but there are two specifically that are standing right outside the door yeah. and just staring through the window like, hmm, hmm, we're ready. <laughs> it's so it's so close when you do that. Are we doing this? Are we doing this? <laughs> just just, just they, give the word. We're, fucking, we're ready. They want to. We'll do this. We're ready. To do, we're with you. Okay. Now, now, now. I feel like at the very least, those two Marines have yeah, to know yeah. what the plan is. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, that makes sense. So the, the stage is set. 
We're ready to uh, to to go on this mission and to take out this uh, ship. But uh, there's one but, more scene that I want to talk about in, in this half, uh, and that's specifically a, a really great little heart to heart between uh, Adama and Boomer in Adama's quarters, where they they lead her in by the uh, McCloskey's old fashioned restraint poles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I dig it, our little uh, local gun-toting lawyers. Um, and, uh, he, you know, he sits her down and he's like, I just I just want to find out why the Cylons hate us so much. What a dumb question. Yeah. Anyway, continue, sorry. Well, I don't know that it is. Because, you you know, you have this, this war that went on for however long, and then there was a 40-year a truce... No one saw the silence at all. There was nothing. And then suddenly it was a all-out war of attrition, total annihilation. We are going to wipe humanity from the face of the earth. And they all but accomplished that. And, like, you know, a few tens of thousands got away. But instead of just saying, like, we won, we took the colonies, like, fuck you, you know, God rules. Um, <laughs> Cylons are better at, at sports. Um because, you know, like we talked about they, they infiltrate our sports teams. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's they, so funny. We didn't talk about Six's... I, I was laughing at this after last we recorded. The very next episode, Six talks about the thing she misses most being sports. <laughs> um, yeah, that is important. And we'll come back to that because it's it's re-referenced here. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But yeah, like... They they have this, and rather than just letting the the dregs of humanity like trickle off and maybe like find That's a new true. home and like just never see them again, they pursue them relentlessly and kill That's them true. at every turn, like sabotage and like all of these plans and uh, manipulations. And he just wants to know why, like, not like why. Was it not enough to like to have peace? Why was it not enough to destroy our homes? Why? That's a good are you point. Because there have been forty theme? years of nothing, and mm-hmm. I hate to defend humans, um, but they did have that setup at that neutral, that mm-hmm. neutral space where, like, y'all, we could have talked, we could have talked first, mm-hmm. but six mm-hmm. showed up and blew people up and snapped a baby's neck. And remember when she did that? Yep. Yeah. But. Boomer gives a really great reason. At first, she kind of evades. She's like, I don't know that hate's really the right word. And he's, I don't want to fence with you. Mm-hmm. I just want to know why. Don't fence with me, Starbuck, is the line he says early on. Oh, God. It's like one of my favorite early moments. He's like, don't fence with me, Starbuck. I don't deserve that. I forget they're talking about, but you just want oh, to it. Oh, anyway. uh, when they're um, talking about Zach. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Another Cylon, maybe. But um, she tells him, you know, is it it when you had the cer- ceremony, when Galactica was being de- decommissioned, you gave a speech that sounded like it wasn't the one you prepared. Mm. And I feel like there's this moment of uh, Adama processing that this Sharon in front of him has that memory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And she said, you know, humanity was a flawed creation and that people k- still kill one another uh, for petty jealousy and greed. He said that humanity never asked itself why it deserved to su- survive. Maybe you don't. I mean, Oof. I love Sharon, and the more we get of her, the more I love her. And I, her not being afraid to be like, like think about what the fuck you said, Adama, um, because maybe we're just giving you what you have said yourself. 
um, you might be deserving of, I think is a, it's pretty powerful coming from her. Well, on that note, we have multiple greatest contacts, so we're going to go ahead and jump to a secure location. We will, of course, embed the jump coordinates into the ad, so make sure you listen to it at full volume in order to hear them, because they're going to be very quiet, so the Cylons don't hear them. Um, it's very well known that Cylons can't hear soft noises when they're paired with loud noises. That's why they hate ASMR. Exactly. So, uh... Did you we're going to jump and uh, we'll see you on the other side. So stay tuned. Mindless monsters once thought human fill the streets. A corrupt government threatens the lives of the people it's meant to serve. This sounds a little too familiar. Is this real life? Or a video game you can play for fun? Shift Talk Q, Night Shift Radio's newest original production, is your LGBTQ centered source for creative and thoughtful discussions and news at the intersection of gaming, diversity, and community. You can expect unboxings, game reviews, let's plays, community nights, celebrations of what video games are doing right, critical conversations about where the gaming industry needs to do better, and so much more. Be the first to know when new episodes drop by following us on Twitter and Instagram at NSR Shift Alt Q. And on Twitch at Shift Alt Q to join the community. For more information about Shift-Alt-Q, visit nightshiftradio.com. Hi, I'm Sarah Sweeney, host of the new podcast, Latchkey Kids. Right now, we're all at home, left to our own devices without any adult supervision. Each weekish, I'll talk to my fellow Latchkey Kids about what they're up to, how they're wasting time, and, because I can, make them perform a dramatic reading of a TV show theme song. So join me, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Michael Fight, and I'm here with a brand new show called Fight Jokes About Everything. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we're going to bring up a brand new topic, something that's hot on the internet because, because I live on the internet. And we're going to take those silly things and we're going to joke about them and we're going to, you know, talk a little bit about the history of them and talk about why the internet is such a terrible but wonderful place. So please join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for this brand new Night Shift Radio original. For more information, go to nightshiftradio.com and of course, subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Sit rep! <laughs> the Cylons have a resurrection ship and they're going to try to kill. I should have thought about this more before I started doing it. Are we, uh, are we doing the second half in opera format? Is that oh what we're God, doing? Please. Yeah, the entire thing. No, I, my no. neighbor will fucking kill me uh, if Ellen doesn't beat her to it. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, uh, according to uh, Mr. Gata, the resurrection ship is firing up their FTL drives, getting ready to jump out. But uh, the whole plan hinges on uh, them taking that out. So we see, like, we jump ahead. We don't, we don't get to see the whole decoy maneuver and the the raiders engaging them and the, sh- the yeah, yeah, yeah. We already battle know stars it. jumping. Mm-hmm. And uh, we skip right into the action. Uh, we first see, uh, <laughs> as I said, uh, two battle stars in full broadside mode against two base stars, and it's fucking epic. And I mm-hmm. love everything about it. Uh, it's just a good old fashioned line them up naval battle in space. It's so funny because I don't typically give a shit about military, like, I'm not a war movie person. I'm also, for all my, like, I've said this before, the reason I stayed away from Battlestar, despite mm-hmm. the fact that I do love sci-fi, is I thought it was a space war mm-hmm. show. Um, and it is. And but it, it is, but I 
am never not thrilled. I love something about, I think it has to do with which we've talked about early on, the the like um, fun mix of old, what we'd consider old-fashioned technology, but still in space. It's always really mm-hmm. fun to watch. It's always, the, this scene is really like beautifully kind of like orchestrated. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just really, really, really incredible to watch. Well, they shot it in portrait mode because the, the base stars are really like crisp and in focus and then the, the <laughs> resurrection up. ship is blurred out in the back. <laughs> in this and then i realized what you were saying yep a, a raider flew by in front and like holding in the, their phone out in selfie mode but like portrait god damn it um but uh as we mentioned the uh the blackbird has an fdl drive and uh yeah, it's being flown yeah, by dude. uh my apollo mm-hmm. who, who my, 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 my apollo, apollo. <laughs> what really how did you both do that? Is that a thing you just do normally? Is that? No, it just felt. Okay. Just felt right. Yeah, it All felt right. in my heart. And I, I love as as Lee's flying the stealth ship straight up to the the giant resurrection ship that it, you know he has no idea what its like, defensive capabilities or anything like that. Uh, he's like, "Don't anyone look out the window right now, please." <laughs> yeah. Um, but he pulls it off. He 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 takes out their FTL drives. And, Fuck uh, your FTL drives, he uh-huh. says. I don't think he says fuck. If you listen real carefully, he does. Yeah. He doesn't really say it so much as like he says it with his eyes. Mm. You know? I understand why. He, he smizes. Apollo's eyes are up here, Caleb. <laughs> I know that we've had a hard time remembering that as of late, but they are up there. You know, I wasn't thinking about that. And then you just put that image right back mm-hmm. in my head. Yep. You're welcome. <laughs> Um, but just, uh, like no sooner does, uh, Apollo celebrate his victory and, uh, Starbuck confirms that the, the Viper squadrons can move in, uh, but something collides with the, the Blackbird and, uh, we find out why Lee was floating alone in space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It turns out a stealth ship, uh, is not very good at uh, not being hit by other ships mm-hmm. when they're flying around because they can't see it, Which, turns out. Can I be real that uh, my first time through watching this, my my only thought was, Chief's going to be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> I think Chief has That's bigger things point. to worry about right now. I, I mean, once so hard on that ship. It, if he gets out of the brig, if, he, if he's not executed, and he <gasps> comes back to his deck and finds out that someone destroyed his ship that he just spent all that time building and like all that effort into designing and everything. Like he's going to be mad. I hope they at least salvage it. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, although we did skip uh, one little thing that I think is, is kind of important. Um, we haven't is skipped anything th- yet. We're barely into the episode. Well, before, the, before the op. Oh, that's uh, right. we're in the second chief, half now, aren't we? I don't even know. What yeah. Time it is. Before the op. Um, I was with you. I was like, yeah, we just started before the op. We've been doing this episode for 51 minutes. Well, now we know. Uh, before the op, uh, Apollo visits... Apollo. Apollo visits uh, Chief and Hilo in the brig and tells them, like, the old man really went to bat for you. You know, there was almost an all-out shooting war between the Pegasus and the Galactica. Mm-hmm. And Chief even says, like, you know, I thought the Cylons were supposed to be the enemy. What the hell? Like, uh, And it, it really just kind of shows, like, how they're these two 
you know, factions yeah. are turning on each other. Well, and Apollo says, now it's us. Which I get is confusing because the Cylons do look like, like us. us. Yeah. Ha. I, so I could see where the whole thing would be confused. But yeah, but it did it did occur to me that like, or it didn't occur to me until this moment that like Chief and, and, and Hilo were in the brig and had no idea any of that was going on outside. Yeah. I love moments like this throughout the series. It happens a lot. Like when Hilo finds out that Rosalind's the president when he calls her the nice lady and Apollo's <laughs> like, she's the president of the 12 colonies, you you fracking moron. You fracking moron. Um, one of the things that I really appreciate about both episodes of Resurrection Ship is we get a chance to really see the maneuverability of the Vipers in action. Mm-hmm. Like during mm-hmm. the, the the scene where they're all swarming around each other and like the the, the two fighters, like Nacho and Cat play chicken and they both Nacho turn Cat. on a dime and whatnot. Um, we get to see that here too as the uh, Vipers swoop in and shoot up the resurrection ship and they're like strafing it sideways but with the oh, noses pointed word. straight at the ship it's like it's like they're fucking drifting uh, yeah <laughs> and i'm like yes. fucking battlestar galactica tokyo drift over here <laughs> the, the the battle fast in the star furious i don't know galacta furious <laughs> Galactifast. Is there something here? No, know. there's nothing here. Going. Give us five more. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's workshop this one another couple minutes and see if we can come up with something. But uh, they do. They do it. They manage to uh, to shoot up the the ship. But we have a quick cut to uh, Six and Gaius in the uh, in the Cylons cell uh, on Pegasus, and uh, Head Six is there as well. Mm-hmm. You know. Basically, you know, tens of thousands of Cylons are going to die and God will never forgive you. And Gaius is just ignoring her and he's just looking straight at the six in front of him. And he says, do you think God will forgive me? (laughs) And she says, God forgives all. And like, he doesn't turn around and look at her and say, but like, you can tell (laughs) he wants to. Uh, You know, just keeps this this conversation going. Um, And... He, uh, you mentioned earlier that that six in the uh, the last episode had had this moment uh, where she tells guys, you know, like you know what I miss the most? It's sports and how oh. she used to go to the the pyramid courts just before uh, game time, and she'd scalp t- two tickets, oh, and you know she knew that he'd never come, but she wanted to a ticket for him so she could feel like he was with her, and it was you know a very sweet story. Uh, it's so sweet and sentimental, and it. Which is weird for her. Yeah, it is, but it it is in a way. I think all of this is really starting to tell me, giving me more insight into who Head Six really is and how much of that is Gaius. Um, because Head Six, that does not feel, even though she's the one telling the story, um, that kind of sentimental. But this Six, um, I know it's different, I know, but it... Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's it's very lovely and sweet and but and uh six. Gaius turns that story right around to the six in front of him and says, You know what I miss the most? And says the whole thing. And meanwhile, the head six is like, Don't don't do this. Don't why are you doing this? Don't do this. And as he finishes the story and is essentially professing his love for the, the six in front of him, she disappears and it's just yeah. the two of them. Mm-hmm. And you see, like the the gears working in in the prisoner six's head, and like, can I trust this man? Like, are these feelings real? Like, and it makes me wonder how much does this model know about 
his interactions with Six on Caprica? Like, does she know him well enough to think, like, he's he's making this up, he's always a self-centered prick? Or, like, does she, like, have a sense that, like, there really was a deep connection? Like, what is that? That's what I was... We were talking... I get the impression What's that... What's the impression that you get? The impression that I get is that he never had to knock on wood. Mm-hmm. Um that this six never actually like d- doesn't recognize him. Like yeah. I think this six like she he's a brand new person to her. I don't think she has any of the memories of the six that we know and love. Hmm. Um I think she's a completely separate entity. I'm just I'm so interested in timeline stuff and I know that that's part of what makes it because it does seem to me that she doesn't know Baltar but we don't know. So she's. We find out in this episode of the last one that she's, um, that she was a soldier. She calls herself that she mm-hmm. knew her plan coming onto the ship. It was probably right around the same time, right, that they came. Or like, now I'm a little confused because blank models, right, come off the conveyor belt empty as far as we know in terms of memory, and if right, like. We we talked a couple of weeks ago about operating systems versus whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and so if they were rolled off around the same time, which it seems like they would have to have been. Well, they could have been rolled off around the same time, but that doesn't necessarily mean one knew about the other. Well, that's what I'm saying, though, is that, like, if this six were a later model, like one that was booted up later or whatever, mm-hmm. it's. I'm very confused about the whole thing. Did the six, and we still don't know if the six on Caprica, who broke the baby's neck and said, it's about time you arrived, lived, right? Right. So if that one died, it's possible that she were downloaded to, it's possible, I'm not saying I think this is the case, but it is possible that she were downloaded to this six's body, who then went to... Pegasus. It's entirely possible, but I get the impression that this six has been on Pegasus for a while and might predate the attack on the colonies. Yeah, again, I, I think mm-hmm. that she's more likely to have been... Uh, Andrew, I think it was you that said it. Like, basically, they're Sharon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <clears throat> it's just interesting. But we get confirmation that the mission's successful. The resurrection ship is is gone. And mm-hmm. everyone's, Fuck that ship. Everyone's cheering. Uh, of course... Uh, we know that uh, these Apollo. These idiots. Go ahead. Sorry. These idiots. What? They're they're celebrating. Andrew doesn't like it when they celebrate. Well, first of all, but second of all, why? It just occurred to me. You know, it would be a really good way to find out who all the Cylons are. Look and see whose bodies are on that fucking ship. They've got uh, backups, and they know that to be the case. I actually watched the uh, the bodies float by to see if there was any spoilers. <laughs> Uh, it looked like mostly sixes and sharings. Six. Yeah. Um, but, but the that's a really good point. What? That would have been a really good shortcut to be like, well, these are all the 12 oh, models. Assuming they had all 12 models on that ship. We don't know that they did. That's I guess true. it would only make Well, it depends on what their strategy is, because does it only make sense to include the ones who have been like, are there a bunch of Xenas on there? Damn. Like if, do you have a little bit of everyone? I'm still I don't I wish we'd gotten another a little tour through that ship. Oh. The okay, resurrection ship? Eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they, they send a, a search and rescue raptor out to retrieve Apollo. And they, they do manage to get him. It, it seems like he's a goner, but and then feels like it, it doesn't feel like it's his time. 
But then they um, hit him with the paddles, and he's good. Yep, they, mm-hmm. and they they shock him, and he's he's good, and so everybody everybody cheers, uh, and so of course uh, Starbuck arrives back on Pegasus, uh, tense and sweaty, probably stinks a little bit, nervous <laughs> as hell, hand on her guns, like no giveaways here at all. Nope, and nope. She, she, uh, <laughs> she stands next to to Kane, who tells her how how proud she is, and she's just like. Thank you, sir. Um, and of course, uh, it's time time to to have a little chat between the the two ships. The phone rings. Literally, it goes. I know who it is, but I'm not telling. Ha ha. And they get uh, you know Kane and Adama, the the two actuals, get on the phone with each other. It's a very tense congratulations. Yeah, on both sides. And then, and you, and you know, at this point, it's like, well, we know Kane's going to try to assassinate Adama. We know Adama's going to try to assassinate Kane. Who's going to make the first move? Because that's who's going to win. And Adama <laughs> goes, "Hey, is uh, my girl Starbuck there?" <laughs> but, uh, puts, uh, yeah, she is. Put Starbuck on the phone. Uh, and she's she's waiting for the uh, the word, but he doesn't give it. What does he say, Caleb? No. So I was thinking about what you and I talked about before. It's not enough it's to survive. Like, what do you mean about me shooting Kane? I mean, fuck. Yeah. Shouldn't have said that out loud. One has to be worthy of surviving. That's all. That's very wise, sir. Oh, God. I love him just so much. So, obviously, we know that Kane at this point is still biding her time to, to make her call. And I have to wonder, like, hearing Adama ask for Starbuck and seeing Starbuck stand there so tense, like, as calculating as Kane is, like, I I can't believe that she doesn't know that something very similar is going on right now and that she realizes that she has literally just dodged a bullet. Mm -hmm. Well, I wonder if if that was the fact that the fact that Starbuck didn't kill her is what gives her pause about Adama that maybe she's like, oh, maybe my, you know, maybe there is, because better for her to have somebody else in some sort of leadership position who will follow her orders. Mm -hmm. And I know that she's up to this point, not certain that Adama will, Mm -hmm. um, but this is a good, could be seen as a good test of whether or not she could get him under her thumb. So maybe she thinks... And, you know, she's the admiral, so at any point she could order him onto her ship and execute him for yeah. whatever reason. She doesn't need to be in a hurry if Starbuck's not a threat. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, she uh, she asks Adama if her uh, exo is nearby. And he is, so he, he picks up the phone and she just says, congratulations, Commander. Or, uh, sorry, uh, Colonel. Yep. I was reading the wrong line. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or no. She calls him by name. His name is Jack. Jack Fisk. That's a that's what a great a like old soldier yeah. name. Jack yeah. Fisk. Um, yeah, congratulations, Jack. That's all. And he's like, mm-hmm. if he were a cartoon character, you would see bricks dropping out of his trousers. <laughs> yes. Like he's just as tense and as nervous as could be. Mm-hmm. And he hangs up the phone, and Ty just says, "You look like you could use a drink." <laughs> Just like he thinks for a second and just bursts out laughing, just mm-hmm. cannot contain his relief. And 
Uh, of course, everyone else at first is like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? And then they're like, oh, well, I guess it's just, you know, just just a good moment. We're all relieved. Everyone's happy. I hope that's all it is. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But that's it, right? Everything wraps up nice and neat and nothing else happens. Oh, no. Nothing else happens. Very good happens. Uh, a few things happen, actually. We've got... Uh, oh, yeah. I don't. What happens next in the show? I don't remember which one it is. Her name is Gina. I forgot Gina. that they give her a name. Yeah. Aw, Gina. So damn Gina. Damn Wait. Gina. So she's. I'm gonna cut that. She is convinced that uh, she wants to die and has convinced Baltar to help her. Well. Well, she thinks she has anyway. And they pull this great move where uh, he asks the Marine to uh, let him out. And as he goes out, he's like, oh, I just wanted to tell you, I was over here the other day, like, trying to distract uh, the Marine, where she fucking jumps on the Marine, and, and they get the gun. Oh, I love that they worked out a plan together. I just, I wish we'd seen them talking through that, because it's just yeah. good for them. And, uh, you know, she's holding the gun, you know, puts it in his hands, points at her, and, you know, basically, it's like, well, why can't she just do it herself? She's like, suicide's a sin, I need you to kill mm-hmm. me. And... Okay, sure, but isn't also murder a sin and hasn't? Well, you can. I think you can. You can't ask for forgiveness for killing yourself if you're dead. Okay, that's fair. Uh, but Baltar has another plan, and he he turns the gun around and hands it to her and says, "You don't need death. You need is it retribution? Is it retribution? Justice. Justice. Justice." Um, <sighs> and says, "You know, I have a place where I can uh, I can look after you and and, and take care of you." And all the time I'm thinking, like, how's he going to fit another fucking one of them in his head? <laughs> I, like, I, I give guys credit for, like, being cunning when he needs to and mm-hmm. coming up with a, a plan that will get mostly him out of trouble. Um, but I, I don't understand how Gina expects to get through the, the Pegasus undetected to go anywhere. Uh, even if it's directly off the ship, which is all that happens. Like she just leaves the ship and like, every, like nothing else happens. Right. Well, she does take one detour. Uh, yeah, she does. What? She stops. Yeah. She stops by Admiral Kane's quarters. Uh, and there's a great callback to earlier in the episode where Kane visits, uh, visits her in the brig and, and, you know, says to Baltar like, Oh, you got it to eat. Can it roll over? Can it beg? And, uh, <sighs> Yeah, and then fast forward to, of course, we're in Kane's quarters, and and uh, Gina pops up with the gun, surprises her, and says, you know, "Can you roll over? Can you beg?" And then surprise, motherfucker! And then Kane is 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 no more, no more Kane. I needed it to happen. I wasn't surprised because I knew I've known for for two weeks now. I did a full on victory lap. Yep, I you believe sure it. I was so I actually, happy. I forgot it. that this happened, and oh. as soon as... I'm like, sorry for the spoiler. No, 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 no. Um, you didn't spoil it. Uh, when we were watching this, as soon as Guy says something like, you know, I have a plan or whatever the hell it was, I looked down and I was like, wait, shit, does the six kill her? <laughs> this isn't Ellen's first time through? No. And no, no. we've both watched it multiple no. times, but it's gotcha. it's been long enough since the last watch through that... Uh, we're both re uh, rediscovering things. That's so fun. Yeah, like like yeah. I think I said several times. Like I've seen it enough to know like overall what happens, yeah. but like specifics are kind of like I don't re- like I remembered Kane died. I don't remember how or when, mm-hmm. and so this was like a, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it's kind of fun because it's love- like like I know where the story's going. 
in a broad sense, mm-hmm. but there's still so many little surprises that I'm like, oh, that's right. That yeah. happens. I more often than not will rewatch something I've already seen, then start something new. And it is uh, that those are such fun little moments. Yeah. But, uh, uh, they have a funeral a- for Kane. They do. Mm-hmm. And Starbucks does some weird shit. <laughs> I am not okay with them deciding to have Starbucks try to humanize Kane. Yeah. Kane was a mm. shitty person. She was cruel. She was like uncaring, unempathetic. And like, yeah, she had a couple of moments where you thought like maybe she could be a redeemable character, but she proved repeatedly that she wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Starbucks tries to do this whole thing. Like, I didn't know her very long, but. I know a few things like she she faced things and she didn't second guess and I mean clearly she did because you're all still of alive. This scene, yeah. <laughs> like what is who is this for? Yeah. Well, and then Starbuck even says like you know something like you know this may be hard to hear but I think we're we're worse off without her or something like that. I I guarantee about? it's a dig at Adama. Yeah. Which why? Like, bitch say it to my face. Yeah, yeah. I just don't get it. Cool. I, I think towards she, the end, she did start to respect Kane a little bit, yeah. like those couple of heart-to-hearts that they it's had. But the getting back to Caprica, her saying that she wants to go back. Yeah. That's what it was. There's So, yeah, there's a moment we skipped over there where, um, you know, after congratulating uh, Starbuck on the... Uh, on the, I think it's it's after the mission, right? Or is it before? I don't it's, remember when it is. But they're it's one of the chat. drinking sessions. It's mm-hmm. one of the drinking sessions where, uh, you know, Kane says... I uh, I understand that you want to go back to, to Caprica and Starbucks like, yeah, we've got some people there and, and you know, we need to, to go save them. It's our duty. And Kane's like, I agree. In fact, I'll take it one step further. I think we need to go back and kick some Cylon ass and get them the hell off of our planet and get, you know, get get our, our lives back. Mm-hmm. And uh, Starbucks like, I think that's the best idea I've heard all day. Mm-hmm. So I think Starbucks is starting to like, starting to get into Kane's camp there a little bit. I mean, you also got to figure that Kane promoted her to CAG. We also don't know how much Starbuck doesn't know about the murdering of the families, about the shooting of the XO. Like she wasn't around for any of those conversations. That's also true. So all she knows is that this is like a tough woman in command mm-hmm. who wants to get back to Caprica, blah, blah, blah. Which is, you know, Starbuck also a tough woman wants to get back to Caprica. So like I, I imagine that yeah. Starbuck sees a lot of and herself she, in yeah. Kane. And she doesn't know that Kane was planning to murder Adama. It's also so all she true. Knows is that Adam is trying to assassinate and put her up to okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so it, it makes a little sense, but fine. You're still the love of my life. You know, we know things that she doesn't know, and that's okay. But yeah. the other thing we a- learn here, uh, just in quick passing, is that uh, as makes sense as her XO, Fisk is taking command of the uh, the Pegasus, which mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm looking forward to Commander Fisk. Yeah. Fisky. Fisky. <laughs> Uh, we have a little brief scene with Starbuck and Apollo uh, in the officer's quarters with, with D just kind of like listening from the outside. Super creeping from around the corner. A little weird. A little I weird. so, every time I have seen her, I am so worried about D. I don't know why I am worried, but there's been something bubbling under the surface. And I've said this since like our first interaction with her. Something is going on with D. Mm-hmm. Um, that they are setting us up for, and it is escalating in a really quiet way. And every time I see her, I am more nervous. She's the Cylon queen. <laughs> well, okay, now hold on. That's anyway. Uh, there, there's an exchange between Starbuck and Apollo uh, where you know basically the 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 takeaway here is at least says like that's the thing. I didn't I didn't want to make it back. 
Sounds like something a Cylon would say. Yeah. Which I'm I'm really confused at this like sudden Yeah, he sudden doesn't dip in personality for for Lee. Like we talked about how he can be kind of wishy-washy and like weird mm-hmm. with his decisions, but like from like him seriously second guessing his father and like his, his father actually taking advice from the president instead of butting heads with her and then um you know, kind of moping around because he got demoted. Uh, and then, like, when he gets, like, you know, shot up and, like, is floating around in space, like, he, his suit is leaking. And at one point, he just, like, lets it go. Like, he just mm-hmm. suddenly just wants to give like up. And, like, that doesn't feel right. Even though he's, like, he's not a consistent uh, character, it doesn't feel like Lee to give up. Right, yeah, because, well, he's not a consistent character, but it's, as we've seen in the show over and over again, even when characters do things that we don't necessarily agree with for them, it never, it doesn't often feel like it's, like, a miswriting of the character or something like that. Um, Maybe he's lost his faith in the democratic process. (laughs) That could be. But, like, even just, just talking about Starbuck now and how we thought it was odd for her to give that speech, it just took us 10 seconds to figure out why we were wrong, and I can't make sense of what's going on with Lee right now. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think he's a Cylon. I think with Lee, it's just like things are so messed up now. You know, he just watched his dad almost assassinate a superior officer. Uh, you know, it's just like thing- things are-, are getting weird, and I think he's just like, fuck, is this like what we are? Is this who we are? Like, what is this? Yeah. So I think it's just like it's all. I think it's for, to to me like the way I see this. It it's all just kind of hitting him now, and he's just like, "Fuck, this is." Yeah, I guess he hasn't stopped to think too much lately, and he yeah. just had a lot of time to kind of float around and yeah, consider. Think back to Final Cut when Deanna makes the point that like there's no relief, like they, there's no mm-hmm. break, no one's coming, uh, and you know, you, wouldn't you want to take off the uniform and let someone else handle the the problem? And hey, that's I, he is. I think now that that like kind of daydream of floating in the lagoon mm-hmm. unencumbered all alone and just, just being, and then like slowly sinking into the water. I think that's him realizing like, this is my chance. Yeah. I don't have to go back. Yeah. I don't have to do this anymore. I'm taught. So, okay. You know yeah. what? <laughs> Here we go again. There it is. Yeah. There it is. But we've got one more important thing that happens. <laughs> the best thing. The best God, thing. This has carried me through the last however many days. I want to uh, hear Every time you I think about, about it, I tear up. We get, we get to Colonial One, and we have uh, President Roslin and uh, Commander Adama sitting there. <laughs> and Billy. Billy's also there. Yeah, well, who cares? Billy, hands, Billy hands over to Roslin a little box, and she, she says, you know, it's... The, the rumor is I don't know much about the military, but I uh, I do believe that someone who commands more than one ship is an admiral. And she opens the box and hands him the little admiral's pins. Uh, and he says, you know, I I never gave up hope, but I stopped trying to get these a long time ago. Uh, but now he's an admiral. He gets a promotion, a field promotion, as it were. And then they kiss. They do. Yes. In front of Billy. Billy's right there, and they kiss in front of him. As I said earlier, it was rude of them to do that when Billy has yet to have his own first kiss. But, you know, oh, it's okay. We've seen him kiss Dewalla. I don't know. Um, it is, 
Adama's little face, his expression, he has, like I said, he has a, a face that he makes only when he's looking at, at Rosalind. And it is in this. I love them so much. It's like he has so much respect for her, but you see it develop into love and into just the joy of interacting with this person, even if it's sparring. Yeah. Um and it's the exact opposite of the look he has on his face when he's pouting earlier when he's getting yelled at. Uh, <laughs> but like even like Rosalind's face when she hands him the box with the Admiral's pips uh, is just like the person who knows they found the perfect gift and can't wait to see their friend open it. Yes. Like, oh. <laughs> That's so accurate. They're just, they're both just so adorable. And to see mom and dad finally kiss. I know. <laughs> I love them so I love them so much And the whole Like we talk about The expression on Adama's face Like Rosalind Exits the scene And it's just Like a close up of him Just this big Goofy grin <laughs> on his face Goofy is the exact love, word It's like, so fun to watch him Drop that like Hard grizzled You know Military Whatever Oh god Nothing can warm my heart more than that grin on Mr. Olmos's face. How am I going to live when they kill her? How? It's just... How will I live That's me at Rosalind. But yeah, so, Andrea, we're, we're now in the officially in the back half of season two. We've wait. completed uh, our, our next two-parter, uh, a major... Event has happened in the, the yeah. to possibly turn the tides of the war. What are your thoughts? I love Rosalind and Adama. Those are my only thoughts. Me too. I cried. I think harder this time than watching it the other night. But I am, as I said, terrified that something bad is going to happen to Dee. And I like her so much. I don't want that to be um, true. Um, give me one second. Taco Bell. It was before that. Mm, Taco Bell. <laughs> okay, so um, my my big one is that, and I had not seriously considered this one. I've joked about it before. I'm starting to think that Gaius is a Cylon, um, in a in a much the more pyramid. Concrete... Oh wait, no. <laughs> Sorry, the scientist. This, I'm gonna put a montage together. <laughs> the vice president, the, the pyramid players, the um, pyramid player. That's exactly what you said. The pyramid. Wait, um, and uh, I think that's why because. Why wouldn't Six, wouldn't it be so much easier for Six to have a baby with Gaius? They love each other. She knows that. Why are we, like, putting this on Sharon, who none of them respect? Um, and one thing that would keep Six and Gaius from having a baby would be if Gaius were a Cylon. Well, um, I don't think Gaius knows. I, um, I think that there would have to be a physical... Six, I don't which well, there, there is there now. There was, and now there is. The, the, yeah, well, now there is, but it's like, not the have, same one that's in his head, though. Yeah, right. The one, like the one in his head, can't have a baby because she's she's in his brain. Yeah, that's true. Um, but before that, it's quite possible that that was her plan early on because she, and and in fact, I do believe in that first episode when they are still on on the ground she says something about wanting to have a baby with him right mm -hmm. and, and she's she very asks, interested in, do you love me do you love me and that's the thing is like he hadn't at that point gotten over himself enough to even consider 
the feelings of another person, much less feelings for another person. Right. Besides Dr. Gaius Balter. That's right. That's the only person that he loved. It's still speculation on my part. I think Gaius may be a Cylon um, because, as we know, Cylon sperm can't can't swim upstream. Upstream, <laughs> you get it, huh? Is that canon? That's uh, it's a it's a Slack canon. I'm just looking through notes. I've already said to you two for the thing. Um, this is just more generally. I think we're going to find out that there are some Cylons who know that they are Cylons, um, but are invested in protecting humanity for whatever reason. So not like a Sharon where one model turns or like comes around. Um, through whatever, but people who are already, so I was speculating maybe, and I don't know that I believe this, um, but if, for example, Adama were a Cylon. Mm. Um, it's like he knows he's a Cylon, but he also chooses yeah, to help humanity. Yeah, and he's so hmm. fiercely protective of humanity and why he so badly wants to stay in command because he knows that he's, you know, um, yeah, I don't know. He's the only one. Yeah, yeah, like who can who's got kind of both sides of those things. You also made a prediction about Chief earlier. Oh, oh, yeah. I in this same way that this is just gut feeling that something is happening with D, I am concerned that we are getting set up for Tyrrell and Callie to become a couple or something. The dentist um, student? <laughs> now now why yeah. do you say that? Um, so there have been a couple of scenes where, um, so the first one where for a second I was like, oh, was when they're, um, on Kobol. Kobol! <laughs> and they've gone back to retrieve the med case or something. And, um, it's when she's like, she says like, talk to me, mother fracker. He's not saying anything. And they're sitting kind of shoulder to shoulder and they have like, then they break and they kind of laugh. And like, that's their friends. They've worked together, whatever. But. That was the first one where I was like, mm. and there have been a few moments since then where they have a shot has lingered too long on the two of them looking at each other um, in a way that is not just like, I think the show is trying to get us to connect the two of them as being in like something in a particular way. And the fact that now he said, like, I'm really done with Sharon. We feel bad for Tyrrell because he, this is gross and against every part of, anyway, but like, so now Tyrrell's alone and we have to feel bad for him because he did love Sharon and now what we can do is give him a different love interest and it can be that banana wielding, big bang having <laughs> Callie, though I do think she's a lot younger than him, like a lot, right? Or not? I, I don't think Tyrrell's particularly old. I think he looks older than he actually is. My, I feel like in in my head, and I'm bad at this stuff, but Callie is in her early 20s, right? Do we think? That's I probably mean, right. That sounds about right. She joined so she could put herself through dental school. Right. So, and dental school is what, 10, 12 years? Um, I don't know. A lot of people go to college for seven years. Yeah. They're called <laughs> doctors. Um, and in my head, Tyrell's like. I'm going to say he's probably early 30s. Do you yeah. Think, that's my thought, too. You think we're older than Tyrell? Yes. Yes. Really? Yeah. yeah. I know it's hard to believe because I look so young and sprung. Because we're all so youthful. We're all so youthful and energetic <laughs> and definitely not sleepy. Yeah. Um, but okay, I don't know. Do, that's it. Do you, think, the... do you think Tyrrell can ever really be over his one true Cylon love? <laughs> Will he ever love again? Maybe. Eh, maybe. <laughs> anything um, can happen. Yeah, anything I can mean, happen. He could. He could turn out to like... 
You know what? Forget Sharon. Hilo, it's been you all along. I would love that. I would love for the three of them just to all pull their heads out of their butts. And what a lovely little... Anyway. I, I, the thing that gets me is that they're acting like there's only one Sharon. But well, as far as they know, to, to that point, left, right? though, they can't necessarily like expect another Sharon to come along and just be like, oh, chief, yeah. it's been you all along. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> there, another Sharon comes up somewhere and she's just like dibs. That one's that one's mine. I call that one. I call that one. Ew, gross, gross. I'm sorry. I'm or sorry, like, Sharon. They should have they, what they should have done is on the Rise of ship mission. They should have had them just like capture one oh, and God. bring her back for That's chief. So gross. <laughs> That's so gross. I don't even half with your saying yeah. it. I was like, this doesn't feel very good. Nope. Well, I mean, I guess the base star. Well, there has to be more base stars. That can't have been the their entire fleet. But nope, Cylons uh, are done. It, what, the next is, two and a half seasons, I'm just wandering through the the, the space, going, "Well, now what?" My guess is they're going to no, load I, up another resurrection ship, and it'll just take a while to catch up. But I realize you know. now that what I was about to say doesn't make any sense because Sharon blew up the the base star that I'm thinking of. Oh uh, right, right, right. But along uh, with all the Sharons on it, there's yeah. you know at least 17 naked Sharons just walking around one of the base stars. Just but I mean, like, you, if if the crew you don't know that that's not a standard roughly similar, then that's probably happening on all of them. Yeah, that's that's a standard feature of base stars. Is just seventeen fucking naked seventeen Sharons. naked Sharons. Oh, poor Sharon. Why were they naked? I don't know. I, I mean, it is, they wouldn't necessarily need clothing. Yeah, who are they trying to be modest in front of? Like okay, each but other, everyone else has clothes anyway. It's because it's supposed to be weird and womb like and. Um, and just like, yeah. Uh, uh, when Six doesn't have to be wearing clothes, she's not. That's fair. She and, and Gaius in his mind palace draped in fucking sheets today looked like they were in some weird Greek bathhouse. It made yes. me very happy. We have an uncertain future ahead of us. And both we of them have like wavy. Two battle stars under the They're control a gorgeous of couple. They really Admiral are. Adama. Six. Hell, I mean, uh, yes, doesn't deserve and a wild card no. with a a crew that uh, could at least have been partly loyal to Kane, and we don't know how they'll respond yeah. to Adama's command. It's really uh, and there's you know the the disappearance of Gina the Six. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Lee's ennui, and the uh, the uncertain fate of Tyrrell and Hilo. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think in order to find out the answers to these questions, we're going to spool up our FTL drives and jump to the future where we can I watch these episodes. Love to. And we'll see you next week to talk about them. So say we all. So say we all. Begin jump prep. We're leaving. We'll be back. Start your prep. Set Condition 1 is a Night Shift Radio production. Visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.